0: Listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts,
1: Jamie Cass and Pot Green. Uh-huh. Man, I'm gonna hurt myself on that new introduction, man. What's up, guys? Yeah, bass has got me funking it up. I mean, I'm just
2: gonna.
1: I wanna learn to play the bass. That bass is that bassline is awesome. I'm digging it. Oh
2: yeah! Yeah, you're sick of being
1: sick, Cogs.
2: I'm sick of being sick. Although I've only been sick a day, I'm way sick of it. And you're already sick of it? Yeah, yeah, I got, I had a little bug again. I'm sick of it. I'm burnt on being sick. Ugh. Yeah. Ah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just remember to spit. <laughs> yeah, I have been. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: hey, number 51, guys. Number 51.
2: Number yeah. 51. 51. Number 51.
1: We're one closer to 420. Wait a minute. What is it that we do here? Who are we? What is this? What is this? What is this? Welcome everybody back to the Cannabis Agenda, where we do some news deconstruction, and uh, I like to I like to, to dub it Activistainment. And dub. Uh, what's yeah. that? It's a dub Activistainment. No. That's it. Nice, right. right? That's it.
2: That's our yeah. That's our uh, that's our that's your label. That's yours. You coined that. So it's
1: our that's our shtick yes' that's what we
2: do yeah so welcome back and welcome to all new listeners um today's show is actually going to be kind of short it looks like so um we're uh we'll get we're gonna get to uh what's on the sh- what is on the show today Jamie
1: well I think you know we're, we're going for quality over quantity today. Actually, uh, you know, there's been a lot of, we all have lives. We're all extremely busy. We've all been, uh, you know, we've had some sick, I know, Cogs joined the show today with 101.5 temperature or something like that. and uh, you, you you just been getting over some sickness and feeling kind of rough yourself. I'm like way over my head and all the stuff I'm involved in and it. it's just wearing me down. You know, it's just this life. And uh, so we wanted to make sure we were going to give a little notice and say we postpone this one, but we just couldn't, we just couldn't get ourselves to do it. So we're going to do a short show today. We've got a few good stories to handle. Uh, we were going to focus on women and weed, but check, check back in with us. It should be next week. It might be too, but it's probably going to be next week. We're going to talk about women and weed and uh, the policy reform uh, movement. Uh, needing a strong female presence and we're going to talk to some people that know a little bit about that so that should be a great thing to look forward to this show we have a California update from Santa Clara County the DA put medical pot bust back on the burner again we'll tell you what that's about international insanity good news from Canada um, well kind of following up some potentially bad news they were trying to implement some mandatory minimum sensing laws for very li- like small amounts of cannabis um, thank goodness the liberals in that in that country stood up and said this is crazy and and they, they shut them down, and that's not going to happen. Booze news, police beat from Miami University of Ohio is our new source for some awesome uh, world spotlight, the, the, the idiocy of, of massive drunkness, um, to put it lightly. Um, and we got a a, a clip today from. Uh, but is it sophisticated? Where we figure those, you know, we feature those those busts that happen. I'm sure that this was a, a incredibly sophisticated one. It's the biggest bust ever in Chandler, Arizona. Um, for our nugget today, uh, a really interesting and, and useful uh, discussion about the 13 states. With pending legislation to legalize medical marijuana, this is from ProCon.org. Check that out; it's a great site in, in and of itself. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna run you through this, kind of walk you through the the pending legislation in the 13 states so far. Now, earlier in this month, there were nine states. Now there's 13 states. So check back in in March. Hopefully there'll be fifteen or more. So you know we're we're going to keep our eyes on this as we always do. And a great clip for the end of the show. So stick around. This one from Reason TV featuring Steve Silverman, our friend from uh, FlexureRights.org, and I think that should be worthwhile. So that's what we got. Let's get the ball rolling. What do you say? So
2: yeah, it is going to be a short show. Good stuff. Short show. Yeah. Um, we've but been experimenting. We've been experimenting with a lot of different, changing the time on it a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Our last one was over two hours again, and we've been we're trying our best to keep all of them under two hours now. Mm-hmm. Got some people I think that aren't so stoked about that. We'll get to that here in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you guys can keep in touch with us. Uh, uh through our website um, as always, as matt says um <laughs> dot com um, you can email us anytime info at cannabisagenda. Uh, how are we doing um, let us know give us some comments criticism opinions uh, feedback whatever ideas scoops for new stories uh, interviews people you'd like to hear on the show whatever just uh, Keep in touch with us. Um, a lot of you have been doing that regularly, and we really, really appreciate it. And we've been getting phone calls too. You can always call and leave voicemail or voicemails at 707 654 CANN 2266. And uh, follow along on iTunes. It's pretty easy to. To keep up with podcasts, there um, and uh, leave reviews on iTunes too as well. Uh, if you get a chance, and uh, check us out on Twitter and Facebook, um, and suggest it to your friends on there as well. Looks like we've got some, got a grip of uh, people contacting us this uh, last week. Um, let's see. First off, uh, oh well, it's I forgot to put this in the notes here, but we were getting from uh, trucker trucker Bill. Right, we got. Uh, mm-hmm. Bunch of email a um, no, bunch of voicemails from him, right? What, what, uh, what, not into the shorter shows, huh?
1: Yeah, he kind of said, uh, one of his more frank comments was, that sucks that they're short, but I understand. And I hope that he would understand too that it's just in, unmanageable for most people. You know, they're just simple getting their stuff. They got a busy life. They're going to grab their little iPod or whatever they got going on and, and download it to their device. And it's just, it's just impractical with this huge, massive, uh, size show. In his case, He uh, is trucker Bill, so he's an over-the-road guy. He's got tons of time, and that's ideally suited. Uh, Like a five-hour show would probably be delightful for him, you know, driving down the road. So hopefully, he'll be able to understand that. You know, we kind of got to go with what's going to affect most people. And
2: sure, yeah, actually, it'd be good to hear from other listeners too on this uh, mm -hmm. matter, Um, and especially if, if you're one of those listeners that didn't. Ever make it through? Listened a lot. I think we had a lot of listeners that listened regularly, mm-hmm. but never, never made it through entire shows, or rarely made it through entire shows. So, um, we'd love to hear from you guys on the matter. It'd be cool. Yeah. yeah th- thanks, Trucker Bill. We appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate all of the. Um, all the calls and uh, the communications, and and um, we'll uh, try to do our best to make it as packed with cool stuff as we can in a little bit shorter time. Today's a real today's a really short show in comparison to normal, but uh, I don't know. We're going to be shoot. We're trying to shoot for hour and a half, hour and a half to two hour shows, so we can get a lot in in an hour and a half to two hours. So um, we'll do our best to make it worth your while still. And uh, King Closet uh, emailed, um, and, um, saying, uh, in his travels, uh, trying to dispel cannabis myths, says people are still stuck on the gateway drug idea. And he was wondering, uh, since medical marijuana in California and Colorado, how has, uh, it affected cocaine and her- heroin usage numbers in-, in, in the states of California and, uh, Colorado. Um, and he says our show rocks, um, but marijuana is better, and that's totally true, right? There's that's that's what that's why we're here because uh, yeah. mar- marijuana. I agree. Rock.
1: Yep.
2: I'd agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. As you're saying, there no one's doing a show on us. We're doing a show on. Yeah,
1: marijuana is not doing a show about us. You know, they're right. So, right. Pretty cut and dry <laughs> there.
2: Um, and and, and uh, King Closet, that's a really, really good question about um, how uh, medical marijuana has affected cocaine, heroin use in those states. I have not. So I'm not just going to do it off the cuff here and make it up. I'm going to tell you. Well, I'm going to. Keep my eyes out for uh, stories related to that. You'll we'll put your put this question in one of, in our important questions list, and keep on kind of looking to find out. You know if we see anything uh, in relation to to numbers actually in those states. But you know my intuition tells me that it has done absolutely nothing to it. Probably right. has I not increased so it. Or decreased it. I bet that the, it's about the exact same. So
1: I think just if my- if there might be a heroin increase, and I don't know that there is, but if there might be because of there was just this huge influx of really cheap heroin for a while there. So people that were inclined to, you know, being involved with that stuff uh, probably got carried away then you
2: then we would need to look at like the entire country too so i mean you know it's something that's just it's it's going to take a little bit more because if that's the case you know then we would want to look at every other state non-medical states too to see if heroin Mm -hmm. went up there too because obviously it has nothing to do with marijuana if that's the case you know
1: if it's completely independent
2: yeah you, you did you dig that cheap heroin that was readily available was it
1: was it good to you no i missed the boat on that one man i said you know sorry i just uh i don't know not interested to each thine own I don't know about that to each their own in this case I don't really say sure man you wanna get junked up on some oh dude
2: we're gonna get hella emails now from all the junkies (laughs) that listen to the show junk 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 attainment is what we do here (laughs) Um,
1: stop panning on heroin man
2: (laughs) one of your buds Spliff Coley uh, gave me gave us a booze news gold mine um Miami University police beats filled with uh, good drunken stories. So we'll be hitting that up to, we're we're gonna hit it up today, and we'll be hitting it up in the future. Would love to hear from other people with uh, good places to find awesome booze news stories. uh, Stories about dumbasses being drunk. So yeah, thanks, Split Coley. We appreciate that. Mm And Sean sent us a bunch of scoops. we will get to some of those stories. Uh, not today, but we got we put they're putting them all in the in the master list of, sh- of, of for our show, and we will uh, we will definitely get to that. And appreciate the time, Sean. Thank you for uh, scooping those for us, uh, Mister Wisco, Wisco Banjo Brain, Mister Wisco Banjo Brain. Um, he was uh, he's wondering if uh, what we think about the whole butane free lighter thing. Um, and uh what we think about butane sulfur as far as health is concerned. Uh this is another one that I'm not going to uh just um answer off a whim. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about butane too much. Um I smoke with, you know, butane lighters. I don't light every bowl I smoke. I do not use those wax wax uh mm-hmm. little wax whatever those things are called. Shardings. What are those things worth? Yeah, what are those? Yeah, the, the strings that light up. Hemp wires. Yeah, the hemp wick. I smoked out of a one wick. last yep, night. Yeah, that's it. Wick. Yep, it's a wick. Totally. Thank mm-hmm. you. See, that's all. That's what we need. 101 fever, and you still, your brain still that's works. About,
3: that's about what I got today, boys. That's okay, about cool, it. Cool,
2: cool. That worked. That was really helpful, right there. Was, I was feeling really dumb by like going on without that without that word wick. It's an important one. So yeah, um, <laughs> we'll get that. That's a really. <laughs> oh pardon me a really good question and um, we will uh, we'll get to that in the future man thank you for sending that one in Uh, oh and uh, Mr. Wisco Banjo banjo Brain Banjo Brain Banjo (laughs) Brain thanks for uh, spreading the word about the show we really appreciate that Um, we'd love to hear anything uh, from all you guys we appreciate all the communications we've been getting Um, keep sending them in info at Uh, cannabisagenda.com see as far as announcements go this week um Going to uh, mention MarijuanaPodcasts.com. I think we got an email from someone with a new uh, new or with another uh, podcast uh, podcast to put on there as well. Yes. Um, that's at uh, MarijuanaPodcasts.com. dot uh, It's an aggregate of uh, of all some of the best uh, cannabis related radio on the internet. So uh, you can go there, and it's really really easy to uh, play the most recent. Um, uh, podcasts, um, so check it out. Um, st- also, still trying to connect with dispensaries in California. If you're a dispensary in California and you're listening, give us a holler. We'd love to. Uh, we'd love to talk with you. Love to chat with you. Start a, um, a dialogue. So uh, hit us up. Um, speaking of dispensaries in California, at the uh, end of last year, um, prior to new district attorney taking office in um, mostly San Jose, but I mean, it's, it's Santa Clara County, uh, which is like South Bay area in, in, in uh, uh, California. It's just, it's just South of San Francisco, uh, Oakland area. Um, and, uh, uh, at the end of, uh, late last year, there were several, um, busts of, uh, apparently pretty legitimate, um, uh, dispensaries in, in, in San Jose. Um, and uh, it looks like the um, there's a new district attorney in office, just took over a month ago, uh, Jeff Rosen, um, and apparently he um, is going to kind of take a, a back seat on uh, busting these. Um, uh, these uh, dispensaries until uh, they while they review what the law is um, also in California there's a new um, attorney general so uh, perhaps I think there's a lot of uh, speculation that perhaps there'll be a new set of attorney general guidelines for how dispensaries operate or whatnot um, mm-hmm. but this is a big fear driven thing in in San Jose uh, it, it, the police chief there, Chris Moore. Uh, said that, that 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 really what they're they're trying you know they're all worried about this being a wild wild west scenario and eventually someone's going to get killed and and so that's why they're going so hardcore at these dispensaries and everything and uh um you know I don't know maybe they should worry about something else like like alcohol problems whatnot uh basically what the what the the police and the district attorney in uh, San Jose want to do is uh, they 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 want to protect um, the rights of the voters who pass Proposition 215 and the will of the voters, but they still want to be able to enforce crime. This is such a so the, here's the thing. This is such a such a big thing because it's marijuana. They still want to treat it like a criminal thing. You know, like, they don't... The cops don't go around to liquor stores constantly monitoring, I mean, constantly monitoring the way that they... They do do, like, routine checkups, right? Where they'll come in and see if they'll if if, if they sell to someone without an ID or whatnot, right? And then they fine them for that kind of stuff. But they're fines, you know, they're, they're fines. Um, it's the thing here, the, the, the language from the cops and from the district attorney and these sorts of... Um, in these sorts of uh, cases is that they still really want to treat medical marijuana like a criminal issue and um, you know I guess what everyone is hoping for here is at some point they're going to take a back a back you know that that's going to really take a back seat and it's going to become more of a regulatory thing and it's like the way that the way that we currently regulate a lot of, of our marijuana business in California is through policing which is is backwards, which I think is is kind of what they're, you know, doing a little bit. They're they're doing a little better in, in, in Colorado, so um, it's you know, that would be good to see here. But uh, this is what's going on in San Jose, and I just thought that that'd be a good update for everybody because uh, we covered the the busts um, uh, on the show several you know, I don't know, three or four months ago. So, um, yep. So that's what's going on in. San
1: Jose. So, what's your take yeah. on the new attorney general? Is that going to be a good thing or a bad thing? For or I think it's kind of
2: I think it's I think it's kind of neutral as far as pot goes. Um, yeah.
1: Have you have you read much about her? Well, um, yeah. Kamala Harris. Uh, yeah, it seemed Kamala like it Harris. was it was well. It's undeniably light years away from the the her opposition. If he would have got was, in there, what, he was that's, adamantly yeah. openly anti-cannabis in every way. See,
2: it's crazy. Yeah. I was just thinking of her, and I thought of him, and because I know—I mean, I, I did—I mean, he—he he was going to be terrible, and it was close, you know, like it was a right. really close vote. Um, well, yeah, and he was going to be terrible. Man.
1: I can't wait to yeah, see what the, she does. I think her first few moves will probably be pretty uh, predictive of where she's going to go, where she stands on this. Well, how I mean how quick
2: of a you know how how fast of i wonder how big of a priority it is for her to rewrite the dispensary operating guidelines you know um yeah yeah but uh yeah i yeah they they've got it's just it's crazy because they've got the the guidelines that are already out there, and they could just operate by that, but they you know they're they're not and I don't know why you wouldn't just operate under those until something else exists but um I don't know. They're saying, at least down there in, in, in um, Santa Clara County now, they're saying that unless it's a blatant, blatant violation of law, they're not going to be busting any of the dispensaries until uh, until the laws are reviewed. So we'll see what happens there. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll ch- keep following up on that. Yep,
1: yep. Uh, over you, to the you, international scene, international insanity is taking us to Canada for some good news this time. Actually, it's kind of some good news countering some really bad, un, in my case, unbelievable news. I couldn't believe this was going on. I knew, well, we know that the DEA the, the and the Bush administration and, and all those conservative-minded uh, individuals had infiltrated pretty successfully the uh, the Canadian uh government and, and influenced them into their conservative views and they got a uh, it's a minority government but they do have uh, um, a conservative government in there um, under Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Well Stephen Harper has been thwarted once again in uh, his effort to pass a bill that would have imposed mandatory minimum sentences in canada for drug offenses now you know of course we didn't have anything to do with that what's the first thing you you think of when you hear mandatory minimum sentences especially when you go on into the details of this um it would it would have enacted mandatory minimum sentences for growing as few as six pot plants and uh thankfully the liberals took a stand um it it, it, well thankfully it's a minority government because if it wasn't canada would be in big trouble They would have a lot of bad legislation coming down, a lot of harmful, hurtful stuff um, that's really not pro-Canadian citizens. Uh, But the opposition liberals announced uh, last week that they will not support this legislation. It was, uh, it's called uh, the Crime Bill S-10. But uh, some other uh, opposition parties, the New Democrats, the Bloc Quebecis, they've, They've been staunch opponents of this measure as well, so there's a lot of opposition that'll keep them, hopefully continue to keep them from passing this horrible, uh, hurtful stuff that they're doing. Um, Liberal leader uh, Michael Ignatieff he said, this bill is not tough on crime. It's dumb on crime. He said, we're all in favor of cracking down on serious criminals, but this bill doesn't distinguish between massive grow-ups and first-time offender with a small amount. What's more, the conservatives won't tell us what the fiscal implications of the bill are, how many billions will this cost how many mega prisons will have to be built? For these reasons, we just can't support it, he said. And uh, that's, uh, that's pretty right thinking from what, from what we know about how this drug war works and how things have been working as far as uh, policy and prohibitionist policy. Um, so, so far so good. Wow. Yeah, they didn't,
2: follow, they didn't follow our lead here in the United States. Minimum mandatory sentences are terrible. God, uh, I can't imagine. The 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 fiscal impact that it has on on prisons, the amount of prisons that have to be,
1: wow. Um, Yeah, there's an organization against that called Mam mothers ma'am. Against mandatory minimums. Yeah, ma'am. They really? the I, th- I believe they're the ones that cornered Bush when he was starting to run for president way back and they they were bringing up his cocaine usage and all that stuff and they're like they they got him. He would well his tactic was they would just go that was in as now, pew, and all of his guys and you know special force or what are secret service guys would grab him throw him in the car and they would go zoom and take off and they could never they could never pin the guy. It was a huge thing going on for months. They could never get him. And uh this time, it was, it was in Texas. I forget where in Texas. I thought Dallas. But he was in Texas anyway, and they got him. And it was one of those things where it just happened right when they said it, everything got quiet. So it worked perfect. He was stuck. But uh, they, they threw him in the car and took off then too, so it didn't work. But they said, sir, do you, re- do you realize that if you would have you been arrested for your admitted cocaine usage, you would still be in prison today? And that was it, man. Everybody, it was like E. F. Hutton spoke. Remember that commercial when E. F. Hutton talks and everybody gets quiet. Anyway, they, 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 the Secret Service guys grabbed him, and I knew that it was it was obviously a preconceived strategy to avoid answering those questions. So they they chucked him in the limo and and hit the gas. But uh, yeah. yeah, well, and he man. probably blew, blew an eight ball
2: down his down his nose. <laughs> I hope <laughs> not yeah <laughs> right off of right off of uh yeah no i won't go into that hey ma'am speaking of ma'am um we should we there you go i threw i just threw them on the um potential interview list that's a good one awesome right they i'm sure mm-hmm. they've got a lot of information in oh, yeah. uh, re- regards to mandatory minimum so that would be cool that would be cool hey dude you're uh spliff coley um mm-hmm. sent in uh, a link to uh, Miami University um, of Ohio uh, to their uh, to their online newspaper and the police beat there is filled with your booze news stories uh-huh. uh, crazy we'll grab, stuff on there. We'll grab good ones from um, the police from this uh, from the police beat. Um, and hey guys, uh, any of you know any other cool spots Your college happens to have a lot of drunks and you have one of these sort of things, I imagine they're probably all over the place, send them in, and uh, we'll grab them for your college, too. Uh, I've, gr- I've grabbed uh, two easy ones from the police beat this week uh, for your booze news. Uh, around 3.40 a.m. Um, last week um, on Sunday, uh, Oxford police um, were dispatched to a McDonald's in response to a reckless driver. Uh, according to police reports, the vehicle almost drove through the drive-through speaker. Uh, when they intercepted the vehicle as Speedway, uh, they identified the driver. And oh, yes, when you're dumbass drunk, we will use your name whenever possible on here. Dushan Sekulich. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Dushan Sekulich, 21 years old. Uh-oh. Apparently, he uh, failed his field sobriety test, did poorly, blew up. A- blood alcohol um, content and was uh, cited for uh, driving while intoxicated and uh, prohibited blood alcohol content. Um, Here's another one. Um, A mud-covered female emerges from the woods. On Saturday around 2.15 a.m., the Oxford Police Department were dispatched to a place in uh, Oxford in response to a lost and disoriented female. Uh, according to reports, uh, officers met with the residents of the house who made the call, and they could hear yelling coming from the woods behind the residence. Uh, when they went out there to check it out, they found the source of the screaming and noticed a female covered from head to toe in mud emerging out of the woods. Uh, the female first-year Miami University student, Amanda Wolfe. <laughs> 18 <laughs> years old. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> oh, was reportedly drunk as could be. And, um, yep. She was, uh, cited for, um, underage intoxication. And, uh, oh, how'd she get that way? And take it home. Uh, I think she, she admitted to having been going to several different house parties. So she was bouncing Man. around the neighborhood, probably a college neighborhood, Mm-hmm. from place to place getting shit faced and mm-hmm. uh ended up uh taking a dive a diver in the woods probably flat straight into some mud she didn't <laughs> she, she didn't didn't get into too many details but i have a feeling she probably doesn't remember
1: much so uh i wonder if how they hosed they, her off before they stuck her in the car
2: they hosed her off drove no they surely they took her home to mom and, uh she's probably at college so uh maybe they did it, that's it's <laughs> nice of them to take her home though they didn't yeah. uh if it was me, they would have thrown me in jail when i got I got a intoxication when I was eighteen years old they'd throw me in jail for that, but the muddy girl it's all good. we're just gonna take yeah. her home
1: because she was muddy
2: <laughs> dude, so yeah, that's dangerous um yeah. dude I mean you know if she the last they're they're talking about Ohio, if she was like passed out in the woods. In Ohio, it's cold there. That's <laughs> dangerous. Super mm-hmm. dangerous. <laughs> and there's always creepy people in the woods at night. So, Right. Yeah.
1: This is true.
2: Yep. So there's your uh, booze news for the week. Um, ooh. We're going on to a, a but is it sophisticated uh, SAG for today. Um, looks like Chandler, Arizona... Uh, the cops of there apparently have busted the biggest operation ever. Ever, we got a clip. Let's check it out. News.
0: Police and Chandler telling us tonight it is the biggest marijuana-growing operation they've ever uncovered there. Thanks for choosing us. I'm Katie Ramble.
1: I'm Steve Irvin. Hundreds of pot plants discovered early this morning. Those plants were the street value of more than a million dollars. ABC 15's Tim Vetter is joining us live near Pecos and McQueen and Chandler. And uh, Tim and neighbors, have any idea this was going on?
0: No, they didn't, Steve. That's because police say the man who lives here behind me went to great lengths to hide what he was up to, even putting black tarp over the windows. He managed (laughs) to keep it a secret from everyone here, apparently, except police. John Lewis came home from a Super Bowl party Sunday night to find his neighborhood crawling with cops. There's about eight squad cars and a motorcycle cop and a big fire truck out there. John would later come to learn police had busted a huge marijuana growing operation. Two patrol officers stopped a car here on Jesse Street when they smelled marijuana coming from this house. These are alert patrol officers that... uh had you know developed the information they needed to get a search warrant and actually serve the search warrant themselves once inside officers discovered more than 300 mature or nearly mature marijuana plants they also found a hydration system and lights in other words a full marijuana growing operation that's an alert you know alert patrol officers doing their job so it's it's not every day that you get a
4: grow
1: house Um, Oh, yeah, Yeah, good job, boys.
0: Police estimate the marijuana had a street value of more than one and a half million dollars. John tells me he's not surprised. You live in and out, all all of us, unless you make it a point to be involved with your neighbors and say hello. You don't know anything. I wouldn't have known what was going on. Police did arrest the man who lives here, 25 year old Sir Jorian Jackson. He's been charged with four drug related felonies, including possession of marijuana with intent to distribute. So far, he's the only one under arrest. Tonight, it appears he was acting alone. Live in Chandler, I'm Tim Vetcher, ABC 15 oh. News.
1: Did he say, oh. sir? Is this guy knighted? It was a knight. Oh.
2: Yeah, yeah, it sounded something. Maybe he said, sure, but yeah, it is a knighted, <laughs> knighted dope grower. Uh, went- it
1: is. <coughs> They went, this Dwayne. guy
2: went to great lengths to keep his operation a secret. Black plastic, Heat. even used black <laughs> plastic on his windows. That is some, some pretty high tech, serious. serious stuff. There, serious stuff, and so it was a, a,
0: the the value that they assigned the um the three hundred twenty two
2: marijuana plants, the three hundred twenty two mature or nearly mature, which marijuana they're not. In plants. fact, if you look at the photos, it's total bullshit it's there it's a little uh no, they're tiny 1. yeah they're not even flowering one, yeah it's a full marijuana grow operation they said a full one um $1. 1.5 million dollars isn't that what they assigned it 1.5 million dollars uh yeah uh-huh um uh-huh. yeah we're we're dumb you know His dude had 1.5 million dollars worth of pot in his uh in his house oh,
0: shit. Oh, shit. excuse me
2: yeah that's, that's just yeah. my sickness i'm Sorry, it's talk. really it's really sad. I mean, this is you know a nearly medical marijuana state, and I we're talking about here, Arizona, and I still say nearly medical marijuana because that's all you are still at this point. But um, yeah, uh, maybe getting the facts straight. It's weird. I can't believe that. Like, no, do we need to send a memo, like an AP memo, to to these places? How to would tell, you report like, on marijuana busts? How <laughs> many watts? You know, grow lights. That's all they ever say are grow lights. You know, well, well, how many lights were there? You know, did he have 322 plants under 6,600 watts? You know, with a veg, with one little room with 600, you know, like, come on, tell us. Like, get smart about this. Like, but it's so much better when you can just be vague and talk about it was a full grow operation with millions of dollars. And then you go and knight the guy at the end of the story. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah uh, gotta be weary gotta be weary of that little uh little language tricks that they use you know there was 15 people at the demonstration and the pot plant was worth one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. yeah that's how they do
2: appa- it apparently at least this guy was acting alone it's not a conspiracy but the thing is you never know about your neighbors unless you peek through their windows you think it's okay but unless you're peeking through, this like, I swear, it's like when the cops do that, they're like telling people to be vigilant and stuff. Like, you just can't trust your neighbors. And then in this case, it's like, just because he was growing pot, he's like the biggest criminal ever, dangerous guy. They're like, it's almost like they associate, to some degree in this case, they were kind of associating like some sort of danger with it, you know, like like violent danger with it in a way by their tone and stuff. I don't know. It was weird. I Off with his head. Mad. Sir. Off with his head. Sir. Sir. Nugget of the day. This is a good one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Currently, 13 states with pending legisla- legislation to legalize medical marijuana. This is as of February 24th of 2011. Um, this is from a great website. If you haven't checked this out, check it out. Man, there's a zillion issues, cannabis-related and not, but uh, it's called procon.org. And uh, it's really awesome because they take a look at uh, both sides of all the situations. Uh, Anything you can imagine pretty much is in there. But there's a ton of stuff uh, that's marijuana-specific, medical marijuana, and uh, also uh, non-medical usage. So it's worth checking out. Today, we want to talk about uh, the 13 states that have pending legislation. And I think there's a couple more that are right on the, the edge uh pennsylvania <coughs> looks looks really promising nothing's spe- nothing's pending just yet but it looks very very promising there's a huge uh uh well i don't know what you would call that wellspring of support for uh cannabis legislation there that looks like it might be possible um let me see there's a couple more that look like they're i don't know they're iffy we'll wait and report on those but there's uh, an additional one there is uh Representative Elliot Nashtat introduced a bill down in Texas House of Representatives. It provides an affirmative defense for people being prosecuted for possession of marijuana if they have a recommendation from a physician to use it. And it says specific, the language says, quote, for the amelioration of the symptoms or effects of a bona fide medical condition. So, it's helpful, potentially, as a defense. This is not a medical marijuana, like a statewide medical marijuana legislation. Uh, This bill is called HB 1491, if you want to look that up. Um, It would not legalize medical marijuana in Texas, um, but it would give an affirmative defense. So, that's an additional one. These other ones that we're going to talk about, the 13 we want to talk about today, um, are all offering statewide initiatives, um, starting out with Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut? Um, House Bill HB 5139. Um, that is an act authorizing the use of medical marijuana as directed by a physician. It is. It uh, was introduced by House Republican Caucus Leader Penny Basciochi. Say that about three times real fast and it was referred to the Joint Committee on judiciary so it's on the way um, House bill HB 5- 5900 um, it allows in the I quote state residents with certain debilitating medical conditions to possess and use marijuana for medical purposes in accordance with a physician's prescription and licenses the creation of alternate treatment centers where patients can obtain prescribed marijuana so that was introduced by representative Marie Lopez Kirkley Bay she's a Democrat and it was referred to the Joint Committee on Judiciary um, just at the end of January. Um, It's well on its way through the process or process, depending what you prefer. Um, And Uh uh, there's a couple more going on. There's Senate bills as well, The Senate Bill SB 329 would permit uh, the palliative use of marijuana for individuals with debilitating medical conditions Um, introduced by Senate Majority Majority Leader uh, Martin Looney. I'm sure I'm sure not disappointed that Democrats are sponsoring these, but it's interesting sometimes, although somewhat rarely, you'll see a Republican. And I always get more excited about that because of their party line politics, you know, and and tendency to be uh, just on a party line basis against any kind of pro-medical or urge marijuana legislation of any type. Um, Additionally, in Connecticut, rounding up their currently uh, pending legislation, Senate Bill SB 345, it would, I quote, allow the prescriptive use of marijuana for the relief of pain and suffering related to serious medical conditions. It was introduced by Senator Gary LeBeau, also a Democrat, and it's been referred to the Joint Committee on Judiciary as well. Um, Continuing on, um, Delaware Delaware's got something going on. I haven't heard anything from Delaware View for a uh, while. What's
2: Delaware? Where's Delaware? That's, that's uh, in America?
1: It's, yeah, it's a, it's a small country um, uh-huh. just outside of, of Canada. And, uh-huh. uh, they, they make good bread there, from what I understand. What,
2: what, what language do they speak there? Yeah, utopian. Mostly. Oh, sweet. Yeah seriously dude Mm -hmm. it's one of those states i don't think about very often sorry it's not nothing personal it's just yeah i'm sure
1: delaware is beautiful i'm sure there's a ton of amazing people that live in delaware but i really it's kind of off the map mostly they might prefer it that way i don't know people uh, say that about
2: kentucky too and i mean it's like well why would you ever think of kentucky you probably the only thing you've ever done is get drunk on their whiskey so why would you remember that and why would you think about that so you know like i mean people smaller states you know like we all think of the big ones ones just Delaware New Hampshire I mean like I think of New Hampshire right. like every election basically because for some reason New Hampshire gets mentioned like a million times during elections mm-hmm. but but you know like uh yeah you know like I mean there's just there's just especially when you're not in the that area you know you just don't think about certain states so what's mm-hmm. going on in Delaware
1: uh, well thankfully Senate Majority Whip Margaret Rose Henry a Democrat there too uh she is uh Sponsored Senate Bill SB 17, and I'll quote this language, says, the purpose of this act is to protect patients with debilitating medical conditions, as well as their physicians and providers. Now, this is very key. I'm going to read that section just one more time. As well as their physicians and providers. Very important. That's something we could model after if this gets passed. From arrest and prosecution, criminal and other penalties, and property forfeiture of such such patients engage in the medical use of marijuana, Um, it has been... uh, introduced and assigned to the health and social services committee at the end of January so we'll see where that one goes um, as with all these we're going to keep uh, keep track of what's happening um, and as, as, as always as well um, if, if we're talking about this on our program we're using our source material you'll have access to that if you're saying it and you're hearing it then it's on our website and you can go check all these things out this uh, article that we're driving all this information from um, for this segment is really really uh, pretty well set up they've got hyperlinks with PDF files that give the the entire bill for each one of these bills. If you're interested in any or all of them, um, you can go and check those out really easily. Moving down to uh, Idaho, rather, which was a real surprise to me when I first heard about that. Um, House Bill HB19, as we reported uh, previously on the program, um, I'll quote this language, the purpose of the Idaho Compassionate Use Medical Marijuana Act is to protect from arrest, prosecution, property forfeiture, and criminal and other penalties. Those patients who use marijuana to alleviate suffering from debilitating medical conditions, as well as their physicians, primary caregivers, and those who are authorized to produce marijuana for, med- for medical purposes it's been introduced by representative tom trail who is a republican on january 19th uh and it was sent to the health and welfare committee at the end of the uh, well actually the following day so it's they don't expect that one to go too far because although this republican sponsored this uh house bill uh, there's a lot of other pub- republicans uh out there in the political machine in uh, idaho that are 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 you know pretty much walking the party line and it's it's not expected to go too far but it's an amazingly positive thing that we're getting this type of stuff sponsored it's a it's a good step in the right direction back to uh illinois house bill hb30 we've already uh talked about that a little more quick recap that creates the compassionate use of medical marijuana or i'm sorry the compassionate use of medical cannabis pilot program act because you know an easy name would not be as cool i guess um, allowing state registered patients diagnosed by a physician having a debilitating medical condition to cultivate medical marijuana or to obtain it from state regulated dispensaries, which I read that as saying Jamie can grow pot. So that's awesome for me, potentially. Um, this has been it, Lou Lang. We covered all that stuff. He was he's the majority whip um, in uh, the house there here in Illinois. And he was passionate about this thing. We played a clip from him arguing in, in, on behalf of his bill, it got, shut out barely by one vote actually um and he pre-filed it with the clerk and he's committed to doing this until it gets passed so we'll keep a, an eye on what happens and we'll definitely probably get a sound bite down the road from him because he's going to be roaring <laughs> next time he goes in front of the his colleagues to support this one in the big state of iowa senate bill sf i don't know what that means sf how does that work That's different, and they do a lot of things different in Iowa. Senate Bill SF-266, the summary says, and I'll quote this language, an act relating to the creation of a medical marijuana act, including the creation of nonprofit dispensaries. A qualifying patient who's been issued and possesses a registry identification card shall not be subject to arrest, prosecution, or penalty in any manner thank goodness boy think about the guys that got arrested the week before that takes place if this gets passed introduced mm. and referred to the human services yeah you know how sometimes you go buy something and then like the next day it goes on sale most places are cool enough to go all right i yeah, will give you the difference back it's unfortunate it doesn't work that way with laws it's like you know on tuesday you get busted and they just crack open your whole life over some minuscule thing like a joint or something and then like the next friday it's all good <laughs> and they're like sorry you know, just uh, the law was in effect then. Tough tough luck, buddy. But uh, this one was introduced and referred to the Human Resources Committee. Um, referred to the um, Human Resources Committee under Senators Balcom, Hatch, and Seymour, February 22nd, just recently. So it's starting to move. There's a lot of interesting things coming out of Iowa. That'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Over in Kansas, House Bill HB 2330 That language says, "quote It's an act enacting the Cannabis Compassion and Care Act." How many times can they say "act" in one sentence? (laughs) It's an act enacting the Cannabis Compassion and Care Act, providing for the legal use of cannabis for certain debilitating medical conditions. These guys are not any. Any of these guys are probably not English majors by any means. Providing for the the redundancy is
2: good, dude. It's good.
1: Uh Hey, it makes your point clear, I guess. Legalize the legalized legal cannabis legally. Yep, I'm I'm down. Uh, I mean, we've done it. We named a
2: show. We named a show one time: marijuana, marijuana, marijuana. Uh
1: Oh,
2: hey, it did did great things for us. It did. It helped us with iTunes exactly. (laughs) For sure. So maybe they were maybe they were trying to get they were trying to boost their Google ratings for the word act.
1: Right. Right. (laughs) <laughs> um, Can- Kansas's uh, HB twenty three thirty um, will also provide for the registration and functions of compassionate centers or compassion centers, um, uh, authorizing the issuances, uh, ins- issuance. I'm sorry, of identification cards as well. That's been referred to the committee on health and human services. That was just introduced uh, earlier this month. Uh, Maryland House Bill HB. I got two of them going on. Uh, House Bill HB two ninety one. Um, the synopsis reads. Quote, making marijuana a Schedule II controlled dangerous substance requiring the Department of Health and Mental Hygiene to issue a specified request for proposals to select authorized growers of marijuana for medical use, providing for specific specified requirements of authorized growers. Um, this was introduced by delegate Dan Morhaime with 60 co-sponsors. Um, first reading was held in the uh, Health and Government Operations and judici- Judiciary Committees on February second, and Judiciary hearing was scheduled. is scheduled. I'm sorry for uh, February 28th. So that one was uh, introduced with 60 co-sponsors. It sounds like that one might have a chance to get somewhere. But I love that language. Did you check check out the first part of that. Making marijuana a Schedule Two controlled dangerous substance. Black, so I yes. guess uh, you know. Yeah. Senate Bill SP uh, 308, I believe, I believe that's a just a kind of a sister bill or whatever you call that. You know, they sometimes they put them out in the House and the Senate at the same time. Um, the synopsis is pretty much the same thing. Um, it will make uh, marijuana Schedule Two controlled dangerous substance, requiring the Department of Health and Mental Hygiene to issue a specified request for proposals to select authorized growers. They're just picking who can be caregivers there. Um, introduced by Senator David Brinkley, a Republican, and uh, Senator Jamie Rashkin who is a Democrat, which is awesome. And it has 20 co-sponsors. So the first reading was held uh, in a judicial proceeding committee on February 2nd. There's a hearing scheduled for March 3rd of 2011 on that one. If you're in Maryland, definitely want to get down there and check out that hearing. Um, I'm, sh- so I'm almost positive. I don't know how exactly it works in Maryland, but I'm, pretty, I'm reasonably sure that uh, you, you will have an opportunity to fill out a card or you know, speak or present in some way, ask a question and get involved in this process. Uh, Massachusetts. You were just mentioning something about, hearing something about uh, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. All right. mm-hmm. House Bill HB 65. That's the one. That's it? it uh, yep. It's the Massachusetts Medical Marijuana Act. It is oh. the purpose of this act to protect patients with debilitating medical conditions as well as their practitioners and designated caregivers from arrest and prosecution, criminal, and other penalties and property forfeiture of such patients engaged in the medical use of cannabis. Introduced by Representative Frank I. Schmizek. Uh, and it was referred to the Joint Committee on Public Health. Uh, Most of these things have been moving right along the process so far. Uh, Mississippi, SB 2672, I'm kind of surprised to see them on this list, but surprised in a good way. Um, Their summary is, I'll quote this language, an act to authorize the medical use of marijuana by seriously ill patients under a physician's supervision and to transfer marijuana from Schedule 1 to Schedule 2 under the Controlled Substances Law. The purpose of this act is to ensure that physicians are not penalized for discussing marijuana as a treatment option with their patients and that seriously ill people who engage in the medical use of marijuana upon their physician's advice are not arrested and incarcerated. It's introduced by Senator Deborah Dawkins, Democrat, and uh, referred to Drug Policy Committee on January 17th. Now, this is really interesting stuff because they're going to change the schedule to Schedule 2 as well. And they want to make sure that they put in the, right in there in the language. This is actual language. These summaries are actual language from the bills. Uh, the purpose of this act is to ensure that physicians are not penalized for discussing marijuana as a treatment option with their patients. Pretty, pretty good stuff. Coming out of Mississippi of all places. So there's two states so far that we know for certain they've outwardly uh, proclaimed as part of their legislation uh, the intent to reschedule And they understand it's statewide. It's not going to trump federal law. But the fact is, if enough states do, it will trump federal law because we'll all be united the United States. How about that? Imagine that actually (laughs) coming to fruition. See how that rolls, man. Moving on to New Hampshire. You just mentioned them, too. House Bill HB442. The purpose of this act, I'm quoting this language from their, from their bill, the purpose of this act is to protect patients with debilitating medical conditions as well as their physicians, designated caregivers from arrest and prosecution, criminal and other penalties, property forfeitures, about, about, about. And quote. Same thing uh, in a lot of this stuff, in a lot of these bills from different states. And that's a good thing, I think, because, you know, they're covering the important issues that they need to address. Uh, this one was introduced by Representative Evelyn Merrick and uh, referred to the Health Human Services and Elderly Affairs Committee. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, In New York State, they're doing some talking about cannabis legislation. Senate Bill S-2774. Summary, I quote, Legalizes the possession, manufacturer, use, delivery, transfer, transport, or administration of marijuana by a certified patient or designated caregiver for a certified medical use. It directs the Department of Health to monitor such use and promulgate rules and regulations for registry identification cards. It sets a possession limit of 2.5 ounces, which is not too bad. Um, Introduced by Senate Health Committee Chair Tom Duane and referred to the Health Committee as well. Um, Oklahoma, thank goodness, they're talking about something. They need some changes going on in these last two uh, states, actually. Oklahoma, first of all, uh, has uh, Senate Bill SB 573, the Compassionate Use Act of 2011. It removes Oklahoma's criminal penalties for a patient who, quote, possesses or cultivates marijuana for the personal medical purposes of the patient upon the written or oral recommendation or approval of a physician. It was introduced by Senator Constance Johnson. First reading was held February 7th. Second reading and referral to the Health and Human Services Committee is uh, on the way. West Virginia, they need something going on. I just read uh, from our friends at uh, StopTheDrugWar.org. By the way, that's where that Canada story came from today. Didn't give them the proper credit. Um, that uh, the the tenth drug war casualty happened um, in a in a. Out there, And I think it was in West Virginia. But anyway, um, you can check out StopTheDrugWar.org and, and see for yourself. Great, great, great thing to, uh, to read. I, I really love their, uh, their newsletter that they send out. Um, West Virginia is House Bill HB 3251. Um, language says here, quote, A qualifying patients shall not be subject to arrest, prosecution or penalty in any manner or denied any right or privilege for the medical use of marijuana, provided that the patient possesses a registry identification card and no more than six marijuana plants and one ounce of usable marijuana. Um, it also allows for affirmative defense, immunity for registered primary caregivers, protection for physicians, and the creation of compassion centers. Um, it was introduced by Representative Mike Manny Penny. Really? You know, I got <laughs> to kind of say, it. again, just because it's awesome. It's kind of like Walla Walla. Uh, Representative Mike Penny. He's a Democrat and he referred, they referred it to the House Judiciary Committee also. So there are 13 currently um, states with uh, pending legislation to legalize medical marijuana. So the, the wave is happening. We, we know we've been reporting a lot on how things can go backwards. And the whole hoopla with Montana. By the way, just to mention really quickly, Montana—we've been following that thing. They're talking about now. Um, they've done polls and they've done—they've—they've they've checked out what the people think. And really, the majority of them just want to reform and kind of change the way the laws are going there. They don't want—they don't want, want repeal. So, as, the more that this information, credible kind of survey studies and. Uh, and polls get out there then the more it'll be out in the open that if the legislature somehow manages to repeal this they will be directly definitely going against the majority of the people in their state so hopefully that won't happen so what's your take is this op are you optimistic about this one anything stand out uh
2: i'm optimistic i mean there's <laughs> there's so many of them I'm um, mm-hmm. you know um Surprised that there's that many of them. I mean, earlier today, you know, we thought that this led out with just nine, and then it ended up at thirteen. Um, right. thir- so that's that's a lot. Um, I think they're all incremental steps. Again, the nonprofit sure. thing. It's uh, everyone nonprofit this, nonprofit that. It's like the worst thing in the world for someone to make a profit off of marijuana. Um, right. You know, I don't know. I just it's just more. They're they're incremental steps. Um, towards where I think we ultimately want to go and even as incremental steps we know how how much of a pain in the ass it's going to be for them to
1: even pass these things so um, right, right. it's a long yeah. uphill road isn't it you know I think long two things really, way to go. two things have to happen a state has to legalize a legalization not not medical legalization mm-hmm. And it has to be successful. And once that happens, I think the wave's going to start rolling. And these states that are eager to get this type of legislation in there will be even more eager to chuck them for a legalization measure. Because the the big, huge difference there is that, well, they're going to make state revenue for the state. That's, you know, they can't deny that that's an interest for them. But... uh, the, the biggest thing is they're not going to have to fund and, and organize and run a structured medical marijuana program. It's a l- heck of a lot more involved than just a legalization measure. So I'm, I'm hoping. Man, I've got everything in my body crossed right now. Please, please, please.
2: We'll right. see.
1: We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. That's your
2: update. What I remember there was, what was it, MPP saying that they were hoping by 2012 how many states would pass new? It was an incredible amount. I think it was, um, I think it was um, half, like 25, 25. So we were going to get t- 10 more by November 2012 or whatever.
1: Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, a, it's an ambitious goal.
2: It's. A, I think it's an ambitious goal, but I mean, at least there's that so many right. people, there's that many states working on it right now, talking about it. Yep. That's you know, that's positive. Um,
1: sure enough, it takes the people. You know, it all starts from the bottom. You hear that, and it kind of gets cliche. And I think some people just take it as a cliche kind of statement, and they don't really listen. You know, look into the reality of this. Um, it really all starts locally. It really truly does. If it starts, that's the that's the whole thing, the impetus there. Uh, that's the that's the crux of this statement. Um, being functional in any way that i 'm that i 'm referring to it uh, you know in the sense that i 'm referring to it um, is that you have to be involved locally. <laughs> that has to be, you have to be engaged locally first. And if that, if provided that that occurs, it really does start locally because this big city decides this is what's going on by majority. It spreads, it spreads around. And before long, the state says this, and then this state says that, and then this state says that. And after a while, they're like, you know what? Enough of this shit. Let's just legalize this stuff and move on. And uh I hope they get there sooner than I think they will. But you know, I think that I'm optimistic. Maybe I'm, I don't know, blindly maybe, optimistic. But. Maybe you just like optimism. I do. I do. It suits me. It's a good thing. I got that happy gene. I don't know what the hell that is. I'm you, sure you scientists feel like, came up. You,
2: you feel like shit. And you're hating the day and you're stressed and your back hurts, but you still find some nice, nice positive haiku to put on your Facebook status.
1: <laughs> well, you know, at least I still laugh and smile and I'm thinking, geez, man, my life is a disaster today. What's going on? I missed that test and this happened and that happened. I took the garbage out and the bag ripped and it went all over my carpet, all, you know, whatever, you know, how some days just go that way. And I'll still just be smiling and laughing and people are like, dude, man, I can see Jamie rolling up with no arms, no legs, can't talk. You know, most of his body's all brutally burnt. And he's like, hey, guys, how's it going? (laughs) All happy. And they all started laughing. I thought... If you're making fun of me, that was the worst attempt ever because I'm so down with that. That's exactly how it would be. I hope that would be. You know, I think that's a great yeah. thing if that can happen for itself. sure. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, definitely. That is you for sure. That's definitely you.
1: <laughs> you know, what? you can't be w- trudging through this quagmire of policy mess. You know, and not have a positive outlook. No. It'll eat right? you up.
2: It will, cause it's uh, over and over again the whole thing. I mean, it's all. It seems like that's all we cover, like fighting for these like little tiny steps towards freedom. Pot and and the media and law enforcement and everyone else just slamming it constantly. So you know, it's an uphill battle. You gotta be, you gotta stay positive, and, and that's that's what it takes, y'all. You know, you put it out there all the time. You put it out there all the time. Looks like we've got a clip for the end of the show. What's what's this? Mm-hmm. This is uh, Steve Silverman from flexurites.org uh, on Reason TV, clip that we'll have at the end of the show. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, it's a it's a good one I think our, our listeners will enjoy it. Awesome. I'm a fan of all three
1: of those. I like Reason TV, I like Steve Silverman and I like flexurites.org. So, I want to stick around for that clip too because I haven't heard this one
2: cool, cool, y'all stick around as well um, as I always tell you at the top of the show you can follow along at CannabisAgenda.com send uh, if you want to an email any questions, comments, criticisms ideas scoops, in- potential interviews whatever, email mm-hmm. them info yeah. at CannabisAgenda.com uh, you can call and leave a voicemail anytime to 707-654-CAN which is C-A-N-N 2266 um check us out on itunes subscribe there it's the easiest way to keep up podcasts makes it really easy also uh, review us on there if you if you wouldn't mind we'd appreciate that um also mm-hmm. we are on twitter and facebook check us out there if you're on either of those networks and yeah. recommend us to your friends hey let us know what you thought short show today super short way too short oh. what's the deal
1: um yeah, yeah, don't no, worry, no. they won't be this short usually. But
2: you know. no, this was this was uh, this was the shortest ever, probably. Um, yeah.
1: Well, we had a lot We're of complications, s- a lot of sickness and stuff. We just couldn't possibly let a week go by without doing something. So.
2: And we did lose an interview for today too. So uh, you know, yeah. but they'll be back. They'll be back. We'll be back. We'll see you next All time, right. people. All right. Be some
1: pot. Take care, y'all.
0: been listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com.
3: Everyone, repeat after me. I don't consent to searches. I don't consent to searches. Hi, I'm Tim Cavanaugh for Reason TV. We're here with Steve Silverman, Executive Director of FlexYourRights.org.
4: Steve, can you tell us a little bit about what FlexYourRights.org is? Our mission is to educate people about how to assert their constitutional rights during police encounters. And the way we get this information out is through the website, but primarily through our Know Your Rights videos. What are the products that you guys put out? Two DVDs. Our first one was Busted, The Citizen's Guide to Surviving Police Encounters, released in 2003. That's sort of our countercultural favorite.
0: What you got there, Mark?
1: Wow, look at this.
0: Smells fresh.
4: And our most recent one is 10 Rules for Dealing with Police. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Billy Murphy, and we're gonna talk about how to deal with the police. That was released uh, March of 2003, or rather, my mistake, 2010. Okay. Uh, one of the things that's Have been. Have you been uh, taking any drugs before this interview? <laughs> I, I drank some caffeine, so <laughs> a little jittery. But thanks for asking. How about you? Am I being detained,
3: or am I free to go? <laughs> Very good. Um, when you're saying no to the police, even if you're doing so civilly, and but when you you pull the tricks out and you say, "I don't consent to a search." am i free to go or am i being detained which is has a lot Actually, you want to talk about that a little bit uh. i
4: would argue that you know asserting your constitutional rights is is not is not a trick in any way what the police officers do is a trick where one of the important things to appreciate is that police officers are legally allowed to lie to you and say things like we're just searching for bombs we're not looking for anything else that's generally a lie and police are legally
1: allowed to lie we've had some problems with gangs moving guns down this highway you're not packing any Tech Nines, are you? No, sir. I didn't think so. So you don't mind if I take a look, do
3: you? Just to uh, clarify on that, if you if the cop says we're looking for bombs and you say okay, we'll go ahead and search, then they find pot, you don't have any protection then, right? Because you've consented to the search and and it's you know you don't have any sort of Fourth Amendment.
4: Uh, Absolutely, so you, you have no expectation of privacy at that point if you consent. What we teach is that it is actually your choice, and when an officer asks. You don't mind if I take a look, they use a command presence, a command voice, it sounds a lot like a command.
0: You don't have any drugs in here? No. You don't mind if I take a look then? What if I say no? Daryl Borden, I want you to listen to me very closely. You have two choices. You can either make things better, or you can make things worse for yourself.
4: They're not so much trained to do that but they learn to do that on the job pretty quickly. If you ask an officer how do you get people to consent to these searches, they'll just tell you well everyone just you know they agree to be searched and it's sort of like really you know what's going on there? During traffic stops which are about 50 percent of all police encounters uh, that you're likely to see. Police have to search nine to ten people in order to find evidence of legal activity on one. And so you ask an officer, a good officer, you say, like, why would you search so many people in order to find illegal activity on one, but humiliate everybody else uh, to the search? They say, well, people are willingly cooperating.
0: I'm sure you know there's been
4: some gang-related shootings in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Well, we're trying to do something to get the guns off the streets and we're asking folks to help out.
1: Of course.
4: How can I help? Well, if you don't mind, we'll take a quick look around to make sure there's no guns in your home you might not know about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There are no guns in here.
4: Go ahead. You know, I don't know if that is so much a a really, like, active, willing compliance, but sort of like an ancient groveling response in the face of authority.
3: That's what I was uh, thinking about earlier. It's it's sort of a natural reaction on P, especially, you know, a a wimpy epsilon male like myself. If the cop is saying, uh, you know, do you consent to a search? Of course, like, I don't want to make him angry at me, and, uh, you know, I I want to look like I'm a good citizen, and maybe the cop will become my friend. Is it really an emotional barrier that you have to get people over?
4: It really takes a certain amount of training in a sense the videos are training videos. And the main reasons that we started getting into videos I actually used to like don a police officer cap and do like role-playing exercises and stuff like that but the stuff just doesn't really stick unless you're able to actually either do role-playing or see people that you can relate to in these situations doing it wrong and then doing it correctly.
2: Are
0: you detaining us officer or are we free to go now? Mr. Borden can I see your car keys please? Why? Need to give your car a look to make sure you don't have anything you're not supposed to have. You don't have anything to hide,
4: do you? No, officer. I don't consent to any searches, sir.
3: We all know that the man gets off on harsh and you're mellow, and uh, is the right way to respond to that to say, up yours, baby, um,
4: power to the people? Well, that. Uh, no, nah, but it, it is, of course, your choice, uh, how you always approach a police encounter. It's always your choice. What we're trying to offer here are our, our different options. Every day we're, we're exposed to some really horrific uh... cases of police misconduct police abuse you know bloggers like radley balco carlos miller just do an outstanding job of just chronicling uh... these injustices not only the individual injustices, but also the endemic uh, lack of accountability that occurs after them. and so we've seen the police shooting the dog video you know the grandmother being tasered what can happen from you know watching this every day one of the unintended consequences it can actually really cloud the view of what a typical police encounter is likely to look like and so if you're someone who exposes yourself to to these horrors in you know, every day you know online it can lead to someone really deciding to blow up at the point of a police encounter which is absolutely the worst time to do that and in fact when we released ten rules for dealing with police I thought the most articulate criticism um, that we got Uh, specifically focused on what we created as rule number one, which is always be calm and cool at the point of a police encounter. We were sort of accused of of seeming to be kowtowing to police. Even worse than that, some folks suggested that uh, we essentially were blaming the victim.
1: Hold up. Are you saying that he deserved to get
4: treated
0: like that?
3: No, what I'm saying is a police encounter is absolutely the worst time and place to vent your frustrations about police. Getting stopped by police is always frustrating and scary, but you could have played it much smarter by being calm and cool. What's the difference between blaming the victim and treating the person who is subjected to the police encounter as an active agent who can, has some effect on the outcome of the encounter?
4: That really gets to the heart of, of what our message is. The decisions that you make can have a massive impact on the course of that encounter and the ultimate outcomes of that encounter, be it whether you could prevent a search from happening in the first place or simply driving away, or if you are the victim of police misconduct, despite being calm and actively asserting your constitutional rights, you will be in a far superior position uh, in a legal sense if you choose to pursue a police misconduct complaint. If you were calm during the course of that encounter, rather than having a police video showing you screaming at the top of your head, you're likely to create much better outcomes for yourself at the point of that encounter. So that's why we really, really press the idea of always be calm and cool.
3: Although it's always your choice how you want to behave with a cop, the smart move is always to
4: say, I do
3: not consent to a search.
4: The Fourth Amendment, the Bill of Rights, is not just some ball and chain around a policeman's ankle to keep them from finding the bad guys. The Bill of Rights is actually... I would argue uh, a template for good policing. It requires officers to actually have evidence uh, to search someone so they're not wasting their time spreading large nets, uh, using crude techniques like racial profiling to go into one single area and search everyone. And so for the person who has nothing to hide, I think an officer should feel a sense of embarrassment asking someone uh, to consent to a search when they otherwise have no actual probable cause to search someone. A citizen, I think, should be offended at their request and should not let the police officer trick them into thinking that in any way they're helping law enforcement. If you have nothing to hide, you in no way are helping law enforcement do their job. It's important to test whether or not that officer is going to respect your constitutional rights. And if you refuse and they search you, you ought to file a police misconduct report to and take that as far as you legally can.